You have found the Open Eclectic Podcast, where Nate and Josh talk about everything from mobile games to books to pet peeves to cars to toys. Our interests run eclectic and we're open to more. Welcome to the Open Eclectic. I'm Nate right here. I'm Josh. Welcome back to the Open Eclectic. Maybe we should make this like an NPR podcast. Uh, Hi, welcome, uh, I'm, I'm Nate. You're listening uh, to Fresh Air with Joshua and Nathan. <laughs> The open eclectic. That'd be. I wonder if there is a podcast that is just. It has that NPR public radio sound to it, where they're kind of huffing into the mic. I don't understand why that's a thing either. Like, why should that? Why is that? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like just because somebody did that, why do they have to keep talking that way? Is I that part know. of like their training? Maybe. It's like, you have to fit this format if you want to be. A personality on this are they even personalities they're just they they do they, they are i mean yeah they have shows know. right yeah and i get like you know you want it to be soothing and stuff yeah. but i don't know or they they laugh they're like <laughs> uh-huh. yes anyway so mm. yeah. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> not making any friends tonight well Nate, maybe we should start with a little housekeeping okay so in our previous episode we were talking about kelly marie tran yes so I was saying, you know, I was like, is she Korean? I don't know. Anyway, uh, it doesn't, not that it matters. Uh, I guess the reason I brought it up because I was like, well, was she, were the fans giving her, you know, grief and she getting a lot of hate because, you know, for her Star Wars role because of her race or, or her uh, ethnicity or background. Um, anyway, she's, uh, her parents were, are from Vietnam. They emigrated to the United States uh, after the Vietnam War, so... So um, our, our apologies to Kelly, and if you uh, ever want to come on the show and talk about your experience with Star Wars, we would love to have you, because I personally am a big fan. Me too. Fantastic job. you always be my rose. My second rose, because my first rose was, like, from... Titanic? Titanic. Well, okay, my third rose, because my second rose is from Doctor Who. I haven't seen Doctor Who. Anyway, you made the top three, Kelly, and love to have you on. Yep. Well, do we include Rosebud? From Citizen Kane? Yeah. I guess that's not really Rose. You know, I haven't seen that movie. It's on my list. I saw it. It's high on my I list. I think I watched it in college for uh, one of my... Might have been for my media and meaning class. My One of my freshman... One of my freshman classes uh, when I was a journalism major. Oh, yeah. And you know, looking back... This is totally off topic. But looking back on that, I'm like... I wish I would have stayed as a journalism major rather than switching to uh, English. You want to know really the stupid reason why I switched majors? Why? Like after like it was two years, I believe. Um, and this just kind of shows how kind of naive and um, I don't know if you call it just like painfully, painfully shy, awkward, whatever. So the reason, so I was a journalism major when I started in college. Um, spent a couple years in that, in the program a uh, union college here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, and a big reason why I decided I wanted to switch majors, and I, well, the main reason was uh, I was afraid of having to do an internship. I didn't oh, want to really? do I didn't want to do an internship. And it shows just how little I knew about college and about the process of getting a job or getting experience. It's like, an internship is basically you have to do that for pretty much 
any program. So I was looking for a program where I wouldn't have to do that. And looking back now, I mean, it was really stupid. And um, but anyway, so I switched to English, which you know is not a bad major. But um, how has that English degree worked out, though? Well, you know, it worked out so well um, that I went back to school for a degree in um, information systems, and I did an internship after that, or during that, and then I got a job. I mean, not because of my internship, but it gave me experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole point of internships. Anyway, so. Basically, I was an idiot when I was in college, so... I mean... Um, most, I mean, I say most people at that age, you know, during that time, probably are to some degree, some more so than others, uh, you know. But this isn't really a coming-of-age type, you know, reflecting on the past type of podcast. I guess it could be. Yeah. I mean, we are open, we are eclectic, open. you yeah. know. I try not to do that too much. You but, know, you know, you can... we, got, we got more interesting things to talk about. Anyway, so... Um, what we want to talk about on this episode is um, RPGs, role-playing games, right? Yes. Not rocket-propelled grenades. Oh. Not those. I might be on the wrong podcast. <laughs> what am I doing with this then? Anyway, oh, sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna go now. Let's put that away. My bad. Bye. See ya. Slam. Yeah, Josh is gone. He thought we were talking about explosives, but we're not. Just kidding. <laughs> He's still here. So, uh, I think this is, I mean, this was kind of your, I mean, I'm not going to say, throw this in, like, this is your idea, Josh. It's your idea. Well, what do you, uh, but you kind of brought this up, like, what do you want to, what do you want to talk about? Well, you know, it's kind of a, it's been a thing that I think through the pandemic has come back into vogue a little bit of tabletop RPGs specifically, you know, because then there's the other kind too of, you know, video game, role-playing games that are kind of when you compare the two i guess it's not really much of a comparison because it's still well it's like in the video game it's like all the or a lot of the heavy lifting and like built the building of the character and that kind of stuff and i mean that's all kind of like done for you a little yeah. bit i mean you assign points to things and yeah. well, depending on the game i guess but it's like you know calculating calculating the stats for stuff is all just done automatically and you know, combat is is all just done behind the scenes. I mean, depending on the game, obviously. But yeah, yeah. So you know, just thinking about, uh, I was thinking a lot about RPGs, and uh, Nate and I play in a in a game that I run occasionally on Thursday nights, where some of our friends get together and we roll dice. I mean, it's a regular thing. I yeah, mean, it's pretty regular. It's, it's not every week, but you know, because some people you know have um, you know their jobs kind of get in the way, but. That happens, and so we meet about as often as we can. Yeah, we have a nurse that plays with us, and so her schedule's pretty... It's probably the most uh, unreliable, so yeah. to speak. The most variable. It's always her fault. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we can't do it every That's week. That's why we can't do it. No, no. But yeah, you know, her, her schedule is, yeah, like you said, is unpredictable, so... Yeah, so we try to be understanding, and then sometimes we have, uh, you know, one of the other players um, hoping we'll maybe come on and talk about her experience eventually... We'll we'll run a game. She did a Christmas one for us where we were elves and we mm, had to yeah. uh, run around and figure out why there were certain crazy things going on in the North Pole, and we had to do it in the time frame of, of finishing it before Santa left, basically to deliver gifts. I think he left. He, had he left, left. He left right at the beginning, and we had to uh, we had to you know f- 
come to the end game yeah, before he started delivering presents, I think. Yeah, 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 that's right. She's probably like, no, that was totally wrong. Um, it was really, it's really interesting how I, I'm sure, you know, more so for you because she's been working with you more directly, but uh, obviously, but like, it's really interesting how kind of how she took to the whole idea, right? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of, uh, I was, it's in my head, I was like, I found a, a, a system I wanted to use. Mm-hmm. And I knew that, uh, you know, before we started doing the RPG, and we the system we use is GURPS, Generic Universal Roleplay System. Um, before we got into that, uh, we just played a lot of tabletop games. You know, we talked about the uh, the letdown. Maybe not the letdown, but just the, the labor intensiveness the of, daunting like, Fallout. daunting task of Fallout. That, yeah, that's kind of what we started with, I guess, a little yeah. bit. was that, and, uh, like, Versus, and we played Carcassonne, and... Uh, yeah, we did. We did play that Reavers. new versus game, didn't we? Yeah, I I busted. I bought it. I spent a crap ton of money on it, and we played it once. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we should. Let's do that for another one. You know, we've and we've tried different things. I got an X Wing miniatures game, tabletop oh, we, game. We did play X Wing quite that. a few times. Yeah, yeah. pretty heavily for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were going, I just kept thinking, man, I really want to like make my own game at some point. And so I started looking at different systems and I was like, well, why don't we, why don't I do like a, like an RPG or something like that where, you know, you roll dice and you don't need a lot of bits and pieces. And so I looked at like, you know, obviously the giant that's out there now is Dungeons and Dragons, but Mm -hmm. man, I just, much as I enjoy watching like Critical Role on YouTube or something like that, I just, I don't know. I feel like the combat really gets bogged down a lot. And it slows down the game, and all of my friends who've played talk about these, like, marathon sessions that they end up doing where they're running for, like, six hours, four hours, six hours. Um, I have a friend who told me that his sessions sometimes go all day. Like, they get together in the morning for breakfast, and they finish at dinner time. And I was just like, I can't do that. Yeah, see... I got, uh, I got kids, man. <laughs> I, I've, I, I started playing... Um... D and D with some coworkers. Uh, gosh, when did we start? I'm on top. I'm like saying like last year, but in my head when I say last year, I'm like it's 2019. I'm like, well, no, that's not last year. That's like two years ago. Yeah, crazy man. It's a pandemic. Um, it's a couple years ago we started playing, and uh, we would play. We play on Friday afternoons after work. Um, because where we work, you know, usually with the work schedule, you know, we were able to 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 get off around 12:30. So we would have time to play in the afternoon. And so, you know, we'd play for two or three hours. And, yeah, that's that's probably about my max, too. Like, I, if someone was like, yeah, we're going to play for six hours, I'd be like, no, no thanks. I want to do it. And I've seen people, like, on Reddit, and they're like, I really want to play, do, like, an RPG, but I'm just terrified of these, like, really long sessions, and four hours would be long for us. And I, like, mm-hmm. chimed in, like, the good Redditor that I am now. And was like, yeah, I don't know what you're doing, but you should check out this system because, like, we keep it pretty tight. Like, we do. for the most part. There's a few sessions that have kind of gotten away from me a little bit as I've learned more about mm-hmm. kind of anticipating where's a good point to stop and that sort of thing. Well, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that's kind of, can be kind of challenging, especially if it's, like, really kind of rolling along and we're having having fun, you know, and it just kind of the time keeps going and then it's like, yeah, I'm sure that is a challenge. I can see that. It'd be there's definitely been a few sessions where we played and I was like, okay, we're going to, I see the time we're going to, 
wrap it up here and I'm gonna try and bring everybody back together and or find us you know put mm-hmm. us at the good stopping point and then somebody does something and I'm like well 45 minutes here we go combat time yeah so it's just uh there was one night where i was like in hindsight i I should have i should have read the room better and we should have just not played because of how ridiculous people started playing and i was just like oh man oh man okay here we go this is how we turn people into murder hobos which one which one was that um if you feel you don't have to say so it's actually two so the one we did where we wrapped up uh the alta link um, was I a murder hobo? Have I ever so been a murder was, hobo? Oh, so that was the one where you uh, you were ill that night. You weren't feeling well. So that was just, what, a couple two weeks, weeks ago? ago? Okay. Yeah, and so one of our Alexa decided she was just going to, like, draw her gun out on everybody. And I was just like... Wow, <sighs> see, usually... See, usually she's pretty reserved and like level-headed, and then she just starts just blasting. Don't get me wrong; it was fun. (laughs) It it was absolutely fun, but it was just still like, oh man. Uh, And then there was another one in our Star Wars campaign where everybody was just—I don't know—acting a little silly, and I was like, man, maybe we should have waited. Maybe we should have just called it and not played tonight and we should have played a different <laughs> game where we could all be like unhinged they'll be silly and, and silly and killy <laughs> yeah yeah but like so as i started looking at different systems um i was like i was thinking about uh how stats work mm-hmm. and i haven't played i haven't played a, like a campaign or anything for D yet but you know the basic thing is you have like a 20-sided die and you roll uh, for your stats. Mm. I mean, that's like an oversimplification because I know that sure. there's D4s and D6s and D8s. Yep. And... Yeah, there are multiple. I mean, they have D&D sets of, di- of dice that have all the different shapes. and Yeah. Because they all come into play at some point, you know, depending on what you're rolling for. I will say when I got into D&D, it was a little, it was overwhelming for me for like the character creation. Like, yeah. And then just because they have the whole whole freaking manual for the fifth edition to what we're playing uh, you know just trying to figure out what you know what uh race and class and blah you know all this stuff and like trying to come up with these different you know it was just a lot of freaking work yeah i mean i know that you know the gurps stuff is also it can be can be a lot of work and i you know uh, Props to you because I know that you've you know put a lot in, a lot of work into that and, and helped a lot with the you know with like a spreadsheet helping us with stats and things like that. Yeah, it's uh, the biggest but, difference is what that I've noticed is like with D and D, it's a game that you play and yeah, you build stuff up and you you role play and stuff. But like GURPS is a set of rules and you choose what you want to play and you pick what rules you want to apply. So like. It's not a situation where I can just tell everybody to go get the player's manual and, like, mm-hmm. look through it and stuff. Um, instead, I found it easier to just be like, no, how about if I just explain the base of how it works and we'll start everybody with a couple of stats and we can grow it from there. And that's kind of, you know, how we did, like, the intro campaign, which I call, which I now call Ultalink. was supposed to be a one-shot thing for... Uh, just Nate and JD and now it's turned into a big thing where everybody wants to try it and <laughs> it's become this thing and yeah. we'll see I've I've made plans for how it's going to end and stuff so we'll see how that goes um, no spoilers I will say that uh, 
yeah, GURPS is just is like way more open ended or just open. Yeah, like you're not constrained by the camp the whatever campaign and whatever edition of you know like you said get the rule book read you know the guide yeah you can just you can do whatever you want you can try anything and that's fine with me so like in our star wars campaign the goal was not to have uh like a pack of jedi running around with lightsabers or anything it was supposed to be just adventures and maybe you would cross over with a jedi at some point that was my original goal sort of inspired by like the mandalorian a little bit how you know he's a he's a mandalorian he's not a jedi Mm -hmm. nothing like that and then uh someone goes can i roll for the force and i had said explicitly earlier i was like you can attempt to do anything and when he said that i was like yeah absolutely you can try and in my head i was like he's got to critically succeed for this to work and then Mm -hmm. he did (laughs) <laughs> and then and then everybody wanted to try it. I would be in the force too. Yeah. And so it kind of took off from there. And that was just, you know, I think that was like a, a point of reading the players. And I was like, everybody kind of wants to do this. Sure. Let's just do it. Everybody's going to find a Kyber crystal, but a lightsaber. And, you know, I will say, you know, my character is obviously is not a strong in the force. And like, I, from the beginning when we from that when we started doing that i'm like i'm like you know i'm not really gonna try much for the force here yeah um you know and i feel like sometimes it's kind of funny because people are just like i want to i want to roll for the force it's yeah like, nope. nope like i, I want to roll for the force again like nope, nope. it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah it's kind of you know great. but it's like it's it's a, it's a really cool you know mechanic really cool thing and you know i had my character has his own issues with other psychic ish yeah things anyway so no spoilers yeah um but when i was looking at you know before i decided to commit to like the gurps thing um i was like looking at the way that D uses dice and although i like there's a, that there's a variety that's kind of fun you know because you know your typical game just has a six-sided dice mm-hmm. die or dice but you know the d20 is really cool and the I eight and the four dc's dc's dices I don't want to get technical, but you know, uh, it must be Latin. And so I watched different, different like you can YouTube how to play D and D and find all kinds of stuff. And there's uh, a video of Vin Diesel playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I found like a like a synopsis of their campaign and stuff. And he rolls, and he was like critical, and I was like, oh, that's cool, and everybody goes wild, and like that's pretty cool and exciting, and I like that feeling. But then you rolled another one, and I was, then I realized, wait a minute. So your odds are just 1 in 20 when you roll the dice? I was like, ah, I don't like that. I like that, uh, and I started thinking about how dice work, and I was like, I really like how Settlers of Catan uses dice, where if you roll two dice, certain numbers are more likely to come up because there's more combinations that equal that. It's called a bell curve for all of my math nerds out there. Um, and so I started playing with a website that I found where you could manipulate a bell curve and you could be like, okay, so if I add a die like this or like this, like what numbers does it give me and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I started like writing out rules for this like system I was just going to invent, do on my own. And then I realized like how bogged down it would be because basically instead of increasing your numbers that you can roll and be successful by, my idea was to just add dice because that would then increase your bell curve. So like your odds of rolling the middle numbers would go up really high. And in my head I was like, yeah, because then it decreases the odds of you rolling like a critical failure 
and a critical success. You just get like really consistent at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then if you roll crit, great. You know, but it makes it super rare. And How many blah, dice blah. were you at? Oh, man. <laughs> I was just, I know. I was like, oh, so if you increase this and you would do this, and this, uh, then by the time I got to the end, I was like, wait a minute. So, like, at what point would you hit mastery? Nobody's going to want to roll, like, five dice at once. You know? Like, not all the time for every skill in that thing mm. or whatever. And I was like, you know, I just think it's getting too complicated. And that's, a like, a problem that I have when I try and incorporate rules or whatever is like, ah. I made it too complicated again, didn't I? So then I was poking around somewhere and I found uh, a podcast called The Film Reroll, which is where they use the system of GURPS to replay movies. And so they start with the opening scene or however the GM wants to do it. And then they just take over characters in the movie and go from there. Mm-hmm. The, the The outcome is never the same and it's great. Um <laughs> So I was like, what is this that they're using? GURPS. What's a GURP? GURPS. Yeah. Which is also just a fun word to say. Excuse you. GURPS. 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 Yeah. So then I found GURPS, and I found that they break it down really nice. So if you go to the the website for GURPS, which is like stevejackson.com, I think, something like that, um, they have what's called GURPS Lite, and they really stress that you just play so that your players and you have fun. Yeah. Like, it's not this hard and fast thing of, well, this is how you have to do this. Like, if you want to ignore that particular rule or whatever, you totally can. Mm-hmm. It's just important to, like, be consistent. And you can make it so that your combat is super crunchy and, like, GURPS is a, is a hex-based map, whereas D&D is a uh, square-based one. So you could incorporate, like, half-turns into the hex grid and you can mm-hmm. map it out and be like when you st- well, I step forward three steps and I reached my hand down to my hip and they'd be like alright that's your turn next person dang it <laughs> you know and like we could really go through like that which I find to be terrible so we don't yeah I, I you know in D&D I kind of find that a little tedious with the with the squares like having to move like okay so I have you know whatever my my this fast movement thing so I can you know whatever you know do I can do this many extra steps or whatever. I don't know. It's just, that's what I like about, you know, so, so far, you know, with our, my exposure to GURPS is that, you know, it hasn't been that like tedious with yeah. that. I mean, some of it is like in combat, some of it is where, and not that that's bad, but that's, you, you know, that's just, that's the the rules that we're playing under. Like sometimes you, know, you can't get around it. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I want to, I want to pull out my gun or I'm going to shoot him. It's like, well, have you pulled out your gun yet? It's like, uh, no. It's like okay, well you gotta you gotta ready it, so that's gonna be your turn right there. Yeah, and you know whatever, that's fine. Um, we try to keep it moving along, and I think everybody has kind of now that we've done combat a few times, people are kind of a little more prepared of what to expect, and we definitely have more, I would say, rules and possibilities in like our main Star Wars campaign than we did in Alta Link, because Alta Link it was just you get to be a better version of yourself <laughs> in this game. Yeah, <laughs> and it takes place in the city we happen to live in. Right, and it you was live at the to, same place. Yeah, everyone in, is all the same except. Yeah, and it was meant to be a one shot that I was like, let's incorporate, um, like a hidden item that you could find it, or if you don't find it, it won't be a big deal. And mm-hmm. so, like, they're the guns from the six gun comic that I talked about last episode, and so far people have found them, and I don't know, except JD. Did yeah. I find? I found one, didn't yeah. I? So you found the one for you guys's, and then, yeah. So there was just one in ours. There's just one in ours. There's just one in each 
in each version of Altalink. And then I have another friend who's going to come on and play, and there's one more in that campaign, which is also the trickiest one to use, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, like, I've I've really enjoyed the GURP stuff so far, and I'll say I've definitely enjoyed it. Um, I've enjoyed it more than D&D. Not, you know, not that I haven't had fun playing D&D, but um, I I did find it, kind of find D&D to be a little... I get bogged down in it. It's, like, really, it's tedious and... Uh, you know, you got to pay a lot of attention to the numbers and and what's in your inventory and how many pieces of silver. And not that that doesn't come up in GURPS, but I just feel like our our encounters and the scenarios that we're in, it's not hasn't been as big of a deal, which is which is cool. I mean, yeah. it, there's a lot of opportunity to be cinematic in GURPS. Yeah, and I don't know if there's not in D and D, but like in a I movie, mean, I think there is, but. You, you know, you don't ever hear the main character be like, "Oh, this money won't all fit in my wallet. What will I do?" <laughs> you know, he's just he just yeah. he's like, uh, "Take the money, put it in a pocket," which obviously has nothing in it, right? You know, yeah. sometimes the bullets don't run out when they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, you know, it's like you can play. I mean, I'm sure you can play D and D. There's a there's a level of you know a bit of freedom, and you know, obviously you can be creative with it, and um. It's just, it may not be for everybody. Just like anything. I mean, it's not any one thing you come up with. It's not for everybody. You know, some people like it. Some people don't. That's fine. Um, Some people really get into the mechanics of D&D. I just don't really think that I'm one of those people. I mean, I have, I can't have fun, but it's just, you know, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of weird how, like, even people who really like D&D, they always complain about it, though, too. And maybe that's just like the nature of like fandom right now, but in some ways I'm like, like, well, play something else, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what? Fix it. Why don't you just call it a homebrew set of rules and like we? That's not is how that we like do it. the the what is that? Oh god, the the sunk cost fallacy. Like I've put so much time into this, that, yeah. That uh, it just I just can't give it up. Yeah. It's like I just got to keep going. No. And that's um, kind of like none of my. I don't think any of any of my players have. There's no cost like to to come and play i have i have extra dice you can use those yeah i don't you know you know it's it's time you come and hang out have you been on D memes on reddit i used to subscribe to that yeah i feel like there's a lot of drama involved like you get a lot of drama with the friend group like the, the like well i play with this one d this one group of people for D and sally's like this and bobby does this thing and you know i i, I don't know it gets real catty and just yeah. dramatic and Part of that, I guess, is human nature. I don't know if it's the game that brings that out of people. I don't know. Yeah. But Well, there's like, I mean, there's mechanics in uh, in GURPS that I didn't like, so we don't use them. Uh, that's for, fine. Yeah. For example, um, the turn order for combat or anything where you would need a turn order. Like initiative yeah, kind of thing? Yeah. Your initiative uh, would be based on your basic speed stat, which is determined by other stuff. And I was like, in my head, I was like, yeah. I don't know if I like that. Like, sure, it kind of implies... Basic speed implies how fast you can run and that sort of thing. So, okay. But that doesn't necessarily relate to your reaction times. True. So sometimes we... I have, depending on the situation, everybody rolls to see how they react to, you know, whatever's crawling out of the sewer or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, to see who can react first, and whoever rolls the worst goes last because they're more shocked sure. by what they see. Right. Um, or sometimes it's just like you know, if you're all kind of tensed up, you guys were uh, 
sneaking into like the enemy's home base for one, and you I started getting attacked by a bunch of Trandosians or whatever. I was just like, all right, who's gonna who wants to move first? And we'll go do turn order that way, right? Um, because you all were in a state of tension already, so it didn't make sense to be like, no, no, you're gonna be penalized because you weren't ready. Well, you're all on your toes. You were all ready. So it sounds like you could you could you could be as like technical and and rule abiding as as you want with GURPS, or you mm-hmm. don't have to. But it doesn't like it's okay. Like it's not like a game breaking thing if you decide to just not abide by this particular rule yeah or whatever because you're making your own it's your own thing mm-hmm. i posted on to a there's a gurps reddit page naturally and there was the a, um like a recurring thread where they talk about like share your campaigns that you're doing this month or whatever and so i shared just a little bit about like the alternate reality uh, of Lincoln that I do sometimes and I was like I always feel like I'm doing the game wrong though because I've read the rules and I know how I do it and I know that like it's fine or whatever but I always feel like I'm doing it wrong and someone was like yeah everybody just feels that way if your players are having fun I wouldn't worry about it and I was like hey all right I can live with that yeah see that's what's that's what's cool about it because it's like you know having fun like being the most important thing I mean obviously you don't you know, you can't just let the the characters, the people, do whatever the heck they want without abiding by any rules. Yeah, there's rules but, and there's consequences, but right. So, I mean, for example, so we were doing uh, a while back. Our Star Wars group was uh, infiltrating a casino, and one of the characters decided he wanted to roll to see what he could scrounge up, like backstage from <laughs> a, like a, a staged area. Mm-hmm. Well, he rolled poorly. So I said, what you find is a rubber chicken. And he goes, great, I'm taking yes. it with me. Mm. And I was like, sure, why not, buddy? And I forgot about it. And then he goes into this room where uh, the Trandosians, which are like the dinosaur monsters kind of thing, Bosks, I guess, if you're familiar with the bounty hunters from A New Hope uh, or from Empire Strikes Back, sorry. He goes in there, and this one guy goes to yell, and he goes, I was like, all right. So he opens his mouth to yell really loud, and the player who picked up the rubber chicken goes, I throw it at him. And he rolls his dice, and he critically succeeds. And so we just ruled that it went right into the guy's <laughs> mouth and prevented him from yelling. <laughs> it was like, you know, why not? <sighs> yeah. It was ridiculous. It was pretty great. I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, I've been, I've been really, like, bagging on, uh, on, on D&D. But I think, you know, just overall, it, just, it feels like D&D is, is more... Know, is more concerned with the rules and and the constraints of, you know, you can't do that because I don't know because X Y Z and GURPS is like, eh, you know, there's a little bit more wiggle with that. Yeah. So. In a way, that's like D and D's strength, though. Is you know, if you're connect with someone online, you're like, yeah, I play D and D, and they're like, I play D and D too. You automatically have like rules that you both understand and know and have played right. by. GURPS is a little trickier because... Because you have to explain your system. Yeah, you'd be like... and So we get really general of like, well, I play more cinematic. And then someone would be like, ooh, I play grid maps and crunchy combat. Mm. So crunchy, you're being like like more like really involved, like number crunching, crunchy yeah. type thing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, that's a really good point. Like you could say 
you could say that that's a pro of GURPS, but also it could be a con because, yeah, because if like like you said, if you're connecting with someone online or you, you know, go to the the comic or a game store and start talking to somebody, it's like with D and D, you could get together and be like, we have this manual, this is the edition we're doing, so we have these rules. GURPS would be like, well, so we're gonna play, so we're gonna go to Josh's house, so we're gonna play with his rules, so he needs to explain his system to us. Yeah. So, but you know, so that would take a little bit of time. And, but then you know then you're then you're in it and you're going so you know a pro and a con I guess the good thing about GURPS too and I don't I guess I don't know if this exists for D&D or not um, is that there's like levels of rules that you can play with also so there's what's called GURPS light and then there's even GURPS extra light where it's a one page pamphlet basically that you can literally fold down so it's pocket size like small oh. on your cell phone and so you could give that to your new players and be like, hey, this is what you need to read. And then when we get together, this is how that we're going to play based on this little pamphlet right here. Mm-hmm. And I've seen posts by people who are like, they only do that. They're like, yeah, I've never bothered with getting um, what's called the basic set, which is the like our manuals, I guess, for GURPS. Because there is a GURPS manual. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like a two volume manual. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. It has a lot of cool stuff in there, as you'd expect, for different abilities and things and then there's like expansions for different editions for if you wanted to run a kung fu campaign specifically like here's different fighting styles and how they would work and that sort of thing and you can get real detailed for that where there's um like a ton of weapons tables and stuff for how powerful right and i mean D &D, that you know you're saying that and i'm like okay that reminds me of the D &D manual like the, the the player's guide i think is what it's called because yeah they have all those so much information in it so it's like you could be on the same you know that same kind of level as, as there is with D&D you could get that way with GURPS if you wanted to yeah. but you don't have to there's not as many I haven't seen any nightmare stories about rules lawyers for GURPS like I have for D&D oh god I haven't encountered anybody and I've only played one group thankfully I guess <laughs> <laughs> no I mean you know I haven't I haven't had a had the pleasure of being exposed to a rules lawyer or dramatic people in my D&D. Yeah. But I can see how they, you know, when you get together and you say we're playing five, you know, 5e 5th edition for D&D, you know, I could definitely see how somebody be like, "No, no, no, the rules say this. You said we we're playing this. I want to do this." You know. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, I I get that, I guess, and I you know, feel passionately about it and they read the rule and they're like okay i'm gonna fight i'm gonna fight you on this because this is how i interpreted it but i mean i guess ultimately it comes down to the to the, to the um uh, the dm yeah anyway so and gurps is real clear about that like in the basic set and in the lights and maybe in the ultralight they say specifically like whatever your dm says goes they might have other ideas and not follow this exactly or whatever and if you've got a campaign you know then it's important to try to keep people on track right well isn't that kind of the like speaking of steve jackson i mean isn't that the way they kind of are with munchkin too like yeah do they so, say like there's a dm like overruling ability or something overarching ability sort of yeah it depends like on... if you're quibbling on a on a rule or the card interpretation of the cards text or something and then yeah the dm's just like nope here's what i'm saying yeah and so that's what i do for, like for munchkin there's a lot of Munchkin is one where if you're a rules lawyer, you'll be in paradise because there's so many like 
there's like the basic rules, but then each card brings its own additional rule or like exception to the rule kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So you can get real tricksy with like how the how the card is written, and you're like, no, no, there's no comma there. That means it continues <laughs> on. Uh, like it sounds ridiculous, but like those are the conversations that I've had and debates that we've had about like, feel, no, that's not what that means. Your brother is is pretty notorious for that, right? Oh yeah. Well, Eli and I both are. Uh, when it comes to Munchkin, we're rules lawyers. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're absolutely that way to the point that like we we got to we had to come to an understanding that like we could have a debate and then if we're playing my Munchkin, then whatever I ruled would go, but. You could call it into question later, and we'll like do the research and look at the the GURPS forums where like the or not the GURPS the Munchkin forums where employees of Steve Jackson Games actually answer your questions sometimes. So you have you actually asked a question on the forum? Uh huh. And got you've gotten a final ruling. Uh huh. So I have, or usually to, if you look there, somebody else has already asked the uh, question, yeah. which has been my experience for most of it. And so we've we've uh, discovered ways to like theoretically break the game. And make it so that you can't win, which isn't supposed to happen, but does. So yeah, it's kind of like that. Nice. But yeah, that's how uh, I wanted one of the groups' campaigns to be. It was kind of fun, a little bit of little bit of wacky in there sometimes. Sure. And, yeah. And let's see what the players wanted to do, rather than telling everybody, "Here's what you have to do." Yeah, that's like I guess you know. Again, I don't have a lot of experience with D and D, so I'm like I you know I know that there's you know whatever the version. And there's the campaigns. Like I guess the uh, you know people that make it, like they make the campaign and the rules. So like that's what you play. I don't know if there's people that play D and D with their own. I'm sure there Cam- are. I mean, I saw Stranger Things. They they made it their own campaign, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like that was geared more towards you know their 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 actual you know. In, in the show, the people that they were, and they're like, yeah, we're slaying these monsters, and we're friends, and it's cool. Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, so, I mean, my understanding of it so far, you know, we've just been playing, you know, one of the camp- the campaigns that they have. So One thing I'm really kind of jealous of of the D&D stuff, though, is um, they have, like, a monster manual. So you can, mm. like, flip yeah, through yeah. the monster manual and be like, ooh, I'm going to pull, you know, this out, and we'll fudge the stats here because it's slightly stronger than, mm-hmm. you know, the base one that they give. GURPS has been a little more tricky because everything is just, like, I have to make it. Right, so you have to make your own monsters, right? Yeah, so any bad guys or anything that anybody fights or does, like, that's something I have to go through and detail out. And so sometimes, most of the time, if it's, like, henchmen, we just give them, like, dump base stats, basically. Um, Kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But we're getting to the point. We've had a few people where they've had very particular stats that would have to be overcome their abilities would be very well balanced against, you know, four or five people running around with lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I didn't, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there's um, the monster manual is like a separate, you know, separate from the players players handbook. Um, you know, so there's so there's that. Like you have that information, so you're like, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna encounter this or you know whatever, and kind of like you were telling me. A, a long while ago and I've read online you know where like fantasy authors um, or you know I suppose science fiction authors too like they as opposed to I guess just like general fiction or you know kind of like this happens present day or this happened 20 years ago or whatever mm-hmm. you know they're like 
w- you know, with an established world and technology and, and all customs and all this and with sci-fi and fantasy, you know, they have to create world, like the world building, they have to create all that stuff. They have to create some, oftentimes they create, you know, whole languages, you know, lore, mythology, all that, all that jazz. I mean, that's, you know, on obviously on a smaller scale, I mean, you're having to do the same thing with, you know, with some of the GURPS campaign stuff. Yeah, and that's why I started with, um, you know, with our Altalink campaign. You know, I was like, let's just have it set in Lincoln, sure. present day. You know, we all are familiar with the city, right. so it doesn't take like a big stretch. I can just tell you, oh yeah, you know, you got to go down to 48th and O Street, and there's a Chick Fil A right there. Right. And that, you know, that's cool thing about GURPS. You can do whatever you want, so you set it wherever you want. So it's like you could create a whole new world and and society and whatever, and or. You know, with it being your first campaign, you're like, well, you know what? Let's just put it in our town. Cool. Boom. Done. You know, for Nate and JD's, I was like, yeah, anything that you guys actually own, like right now, and you could prove to me, like, if if we really, you know, we're going to be a jerk about it. Be like, yeah, that's right. Go home and get that thing that uh, you're talking about. Actually, I sold it yesterday. Right. I used to have it, you know. (laughs) So, like, JD was like, okay, we go to my house because I have guns. And I was like, oh, dang it. I forgot about that. (laughs) Oh, that's right. He does, and so he was like, "Yeah, I give." So I give Nate this gun, and I'm gonna keep this gun, and I've got this ammunition. I was like, "Well, okay, here we go." <laughs> gonna have to adjust for that a little bit. Yeah. So I'm like flipping through my book, and I was like, "Guns, guns, 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 guns." Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Okay. I'm good now. So you're talking about so you're flipping through the manual, and there's you know there's stuff for guns, and you were saying earlier there's you know all kinds of there's their fighting styles and weapons, and so like what's the weirdest thing that they have put in the manual that you've come across as far as like a mechanic or a, or a you know type of weapon uh, or something i would say disadvantages become are the most interesting to me um because there's skills that you can learn which all make sense mm-hmm. so there's like magic skills uh, one of the campaigns jd's a wizard so he wanted to learn fireball of course because he wanted to be a stereotypical D and D wizard specifically, <laughs> um, which was fine. Like we worked yeah, it out, and yeah. I was happy with that. Um, but then there's you know guns and different things, and um, guns, knives, the, stabbing weapons. Yeah, melee weapons. And the interesting thing about guns is like um, there's like a, a there's a term for it, and I can't remember what it's called. But with Wild West guns, you could hold down the trigger and just use your other hand and slam down on the hammer repeatedly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to do like a rapid fire thing. Yep. And so like that's a function that you can let's that's like a skill you can learn. Um but all of those are kind of like logical and yeah, they make sense and here they go. But like the disadvantages to me are what crack me up because you can have like you you can make your character re- really 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 ridiculously ugly or really 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 ridiculously good looking <laughs> and you could use like a man yeah so you could you could have like some of those kind of weird disadvantages uh, mm. for your character or like so in this case so the disadvantage like they're really ugly so they could be off-putting to people yeah. who are you know uh, characters they encounter yeah, so if you're ugly enough, basically people will roll... You'll have to have your NPCs roll uh, your non-playable characters for those uninitiated. Yes, thank you for defining that for us. You could have them roll to react to them, and if they react poorly enough, then you could have potentially hilarious 
consequences <laughs> depending on how repulsive they are. Mm. So you could have them be like repulsive or um, somebody, somebody posted on a forum about how their character became blind and they weren't planning on it. And so they wanted to know about like the language skill of how to, how to use braille and oh. what that means and how they weren't taking like the, like the comic book version of like, well, when you go blind, your other senses are heightened, which is not true. Um, you know, so you're like daredevil running around. Right. Like, no, no, we just want him to be in the campaign because it's not actually like an action campaign, so it's not a big deal. But oh, there's, okay, yeah. Wait, people do this and they're not action campaigns. I know, right? Like, yeah. what? What would they do? Like, there's they're just telling a story or experiencing a story that's not an action story, I guess. Yeah. So there's. Uh, okay. Okay. Sometimes there's like detective stuff oh, where you're basically doing like a. Yeah. I, I guess for me that probably comes out to being more like an escape room almost, but you know, so there's like that kind Solving of thing, a mystery kind of thing, puzzle dungeons or murder mysteries or, um, hmm. or like, you know, like Alexa's that wasn't an action campaign. We went to yeah. the, we were elves in North pole trying to figure stuff out and running around and, you know, rolling it on our skills to try and do it. Right. Um, or in the campaign she's running now, which was supposed to be a one shot and is now a two. We are, um, Older citizens in, like, an assisted living facility. Yep. (laughs) I don't know how she came up with that. I I don't either. I just... It's so much fun, though. Yeah, it's great. It's all, like, super grounded and realistic, but also just bizarre and very fun. Yeah, it's got, like, a... What were you saying? Kind of like a Stepford Wives kind of vibe to it? Yeah, I'm getting that vibe a little bit. And I was like, can I roll for Coffee Connoisseur? She was like, meh, your character's not a coffee connoisseur, just you are. (laughs) Yeah, because you're like, well, I know a lot about coffee. Can I use that knowledge? And the character's like, no. Nope. Darn. Yeah, and that's just, you just gotta let it go and roll with it. Hope for the best. So you can do anything you want. GURPS is great. You can, you know, you can literally do anything you want. There's a, the the film re-roll, use the, um, GURPS to put together a, a Toy Story campaign where the movie where they re-rolled the movie Toy Story and it mm-hmm. started out one way and then it ended very different and there was all kinds of shenanigans. <laughs> so, okay, okay. So back back in the day when Josh and I were uh, quite a bit younger, we worked together and we had, and for a time we were talking about, we had I think we even put it on a whiteboard where we were uh what were we trying to do? We were trying to recast. We would take we would take movies with. Um, yeah, we were like, what if the what if the characters from Toy Story those were actual people, and then we put them into other movies, like Top Gun or Toy Story or something, Lord so, of the yeah, Rings kind of. So, yeah, we we were like, okay, so like Buzz and Woody are leading men, so they need to be whatever movie they're in, they would have to be leaning do leading dudes. <laughs> um, I want to say we did like right. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and we cast that with the characters from Toy Story and Top Gun, and mm-hmm. I remember, yep, like a bunch of those. We had a whole. We knew like, what we had. We should have like documented that more. In those days, we didn't just have cell phones that we could whip out of our pockets that were also yeah. cameras. We had to write it down, and if we didn't, we would have had to have like had to film in a camera and taking a picture. Right. Could I mean I guess there were digital cameras back then, but not too many people had those. Not like now, where everyone has a digital camera in their pocket. Yeah. Okay. So what if we did a GURPS someday? It'd be sweet if we could do, like, a re-roll of Top Gun. But with 
Toy Story we characters. Could. I see. I was. I was just kind of making the, the connection, like where we did that. But I was like, I wasn't thinking we could. Ne- we would necessarily do that. But what if we? What if Maverick was played by Buzz Lightyear? Oh man! So you Infinity and Beyond. Yeah, that'd be great. Shut up, Maverick! Just get to land the damn plane on the carrier. Imagine that. Like, imagine if you were a filmmaker though, and you were shooting it, and Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story was in that role, and he's like, "I just want to try this out, guys." Okay, what if right here, instead of I don't know what, as like as instead of talk to me, Goose, what if I go to infinity and beyond? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to try. I just want to try it. Okay, so like, what if? Okay, so I know I'm supposed to be a fighter pilot, but, you know, what if, instead of flying a plane, what if I just fly myself? Because I have wings. Oh, because then what if you were, instead of Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story, what if you were Buzz Lightyear from the show Buzz Lightyear of Star Command? Yeah, he's in Star Command. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, because the Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story knows that he can't actually fly. Well, he can. Yeah. He can fall with style. He can right. glide. Yeah, that would be, that'd be a wild, that'd be a wild campaign. We should maybe put that together. Okay. So maybe we could just do it, do it like straight, like just re-rolling the movie, and top, then we top gun. we could also do it with this extra twist, because I feel like they would be very different. So Bo Peep would she would she be she would have to be Kelly McGillis. Yeah, right. right. Charlie, is that her name? Charlie. Charlie. I should know. Watched that movie so many times. Top and gun. what were you doing up there? And then you hear the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't leave him at home. <laughs> Keeping up foreign relations. That would be that'd be interesting. That would mm. be a really wild twist. Would be Goose, Rex. Would Rex? Oh! I think he would have to be. I just. Well, as much as I love Goose, I always felt like. But Goose was so a little more. Character. He was. He wasn't. I mean, he was kind of dorky because Anthony Edwards just kind of seems a little. Dor- just kind of a dorky dude. I love Anthony Edwards, by the way. Absolutely. Um, he just had different priorities because he was a family man. He was who was flying airplanes as opposed to Maverick. Tom Cruise's Maverick, who was a loner. Like I don't even remember his actual name in the movie. Pete Kazansky. You know, but Goose like Goose has a name. Maverick is Maverick, and the other name is like his fake name to me. You know. He's not Kazansky, he's Pete Mitchell. Sorry. Pete Mitchell, there you go. Gosh. I'm Stop slipping, man. For you. I'm slipping, man. Um, I don't know where the hell I got Kazansky from. It's a kind of a movie name. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's Kazansky. It's Kowalski. Kowalski. Um, Kaczynski? Mike Kaczynski? Mike Kazowski? Mike Wazowski. Um, I feel like Rex is a little bit I mean, he's he's a real like head case and 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 Goose is not. I mean, Goose, like, he's a family man. He also likes to have fun, obviously. You know, the officer's club. Oh, Mr. Potato Head. No, Mr. Potato Head have to be, like... Uh, he's real, like, henpecked by Mrs. Potato He'd have to be the guy who's, you know, their CO at the, at the beginning of the movie, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, this could take some work, I think. Flying a, a cargo plane full of... Yeah, rubber dog dude. Rubber dog poopy. So the real question is... Okay, so let's say we did a movie re-roll using the Toy Story characters. Mm. Then, like, how much of their characters' abilities from Toy Story would play into their role? So, like, if you had... Let's just say we were doing John Wick, but Mr. Potato Head was John Wick. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) So is Mr. Potato Head... Like... So was he... Angry Eyes, just in case. (laughs) 
pencil? Like, could he, instead of, like, killing a man with a pencil, would it be, like, he rips out an appendage from his butt or whatever? And, like, oh, opens up the car, opens yeah. up the cargo door. Like, is that how that would work? Or would that be off limits and be like, no, 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 no. It's whatever Keanu Reeves could do, but just as if it as was played potato. by Mr. Potato Head. I don't know. I feel like you'd probably do a little bit of both. I mean, obviously, you think you'd have to make a decision, like, where you wanted to draw the line. Because, like, yeah, because, like, would Mr. Potato Head have been a, an assassin for the, uh, you know, for the Russian mafia or whatever? Wow. Or Yeah. Mr. Potato Head from Toy Story is the actor who is now playing the character of John Wick. Yes. So. Yes. Some sort of alternate reality where the Toy Story characters get sucked in and can somehow make so movies. So I feel like, okay, so. So it's still be Mr. Potato Head pretending yeah. to be John Wick. Mr. Potato Head is playing a role, playing John Wick. So I feel like it would just be like, I don't know if he would, like, that's the thing about Toy Story. Like, they don't have any necessarily have, like, special abilities. Like, all of the stuff they do, other than, you know, being able to talk and move on their own, is based in, like, reality, right? Like, you know, physics and... Well, I think Buzz Lightyear definitely has more, like, agility and, like, strategic ability. So it's more like just kind of... Sure. Talents, you know, Woody can be creative because, like, his really his like physical condition yeah. as a plastic toy, <laughs> right? <laughs> but he's a he's a space command, you know, whatever well, commando guy. So the, the Toy Story universe rules are really loosey goosey too, because like True. Woody suddenly can like have articulated digits, right? And he can point and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like the toy version of him, his fingers are all glued in like one piece. Army men. And so the, the army, army men, men are real stiff. Yeah, right? they're like the guys that have the little platform underneath. Like they, they like have to like, they have to like stump, you know, stump yeah. along. And when they when they gesture and stuff, it's like they're wearing mittens a little bit. Yeah. More than it is like pointing a finger. Like a like a Grand Theft Auto, an early Grand Theft Auto, where it, everything's just like a fist. Or, yeah. You know, or like. Ugh. Yeah. So like the the rules in there are really kind of, it's a slight, it's like a big sliding scale. Yeah, I've never. I just just now, like talking about them, like why the heck wouldn't they have made the army men more able to move more freely when, like you said, all these other characters can move? Because obviously these toys aren't all gonna have, you know, they're not like the fancy the fancy figures you have now where they can everything is fully articulated and they can move fingers and elbows and and they don't move like the toys articulation. There's not a direct correlation to how they move either because. But I mean, obviously they're not like bending in the middle of their bicep. They're moving where their joints are. But right. They're, but like Woody is plush. Yeah. So his is just like it's just like a like a like a squeezed. Yeah. It's just like so he doesn't really have joints. He's just kind of like a, he he should just be like a floppy yeah mess. We're writhing around on the ground, yeah. and then Bo Peep is made of like is a solid piece and then suddenly she can move yeah yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. there's not really like a stiff rule for that so and like, like forky is in the trash in four he's trash and he's and we talked about this in our first episode um we were talking about toy story because we were talking about how we anyway listeners if you haven't listened to the first episode do it um yeah it's like so why wouldn't they have just made why wouldn't they have given him more freedom because it was more funny yeah it was funnier for him to, you know, to not, to just be stiff and just be trash. Like, oh, why didn't he just transform into something that could move like like the other characters? Yeah, and like, I liked his movement, don't get me wrong. It just, just yeah, there's not a good, solid rule for that. Or like how some of them can blink. 
Like, that makes no sense. None of those toys had articulated eyes except for, like, the like, creepy dolls. The creepy dolls. And, yeah. But, like, Woody could blink <laughs> and, you know, half close his eyes. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's uh, very weird. Very weird. I like this idea, though. I think, I feel like we should pursue this. Pick a movie and, and wedge the mm-hmm. Toy Story guys in there. I want to say we were trying to do stuff with Lord of the Rings, too. Such a big cast, though. Yeah. I think we should tighter. keep it small. Yeah. Or um, you can do what you know, do whatever. The cast of Seinfeld, Seinfeld characters playing. <laughs> that would be hilarious to do a role of like Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Cause like be cool. it's just it's a show about nothing. What is the deal with hairline? <laughs> or maybe even like uh, Friends. That would be interesting to do with. Cause there is always like a problem that they kind of have to solve in Seinfeld too. There's like. Yeah, there's always you know whatever the, the the situation for each episode. What's the what's the problem or the yeah. conflict they have to resolve? It's not quite a show about nothing. Almost, I saw that show. It was just snow on the cable television. After signing off. Yeah, Seinfeld. I mean, Seinfeld's great. I I kind of want to. I mean, it's all it's on reruns around all the time, like on a, you know whatever. So I don't. I was too young, I think, to really consume that show when it was on, like yeah. in order and all that. But you know, I've caught a, quite a few reruns of it. It'd be kind of interesting to just to go through that one from you know from the beginning to the end. We started. We we bought the complete uh, box set of Friends. Mm-hmm. When we started started that. Joey's hair in those first couple episodes is crazy. <laughs> Joey Tribbiani. But that's like so like you know kind of bringing it back home a little bit. That's like the beauty of GURPS. Like you could. You can do that. You want to, like, re-roll your own episode of Seinfeld? Do it. You want to do your own episode of Seinfeld as though the characters of Toy Story were in the roles? You can do that. What if? Okay. Oh. My baby. My precious. X-Files? Yes. Yes. So. I could consult. Maybe you should run that campaign. So I've discovered. See, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, well, would I, would I run that? I'm like, I'd have to. It's a lot of work. It is. So. It's a lot of work. I had thought I put put down a bunch of ideas too, like kind of before we took off on the Star Wars thing mm-hmm. about like um, to have like some backup campaigns. That well, were... Weren't you asking us for some ideas yeah. on things? And I, I'm sure I said that, but yeah. and one of them's X Files. And what I've discovered, like X Files, is kind of a detective show. Yeah. Like if you, oh yeah. Outside of the whole they have aliens, cases they work outside. Yeah, outside of the. Because the, there's mythology episodes and there's Monster of the Week episodes. Monster right. of the Week ones are a little bit more of like the detective solving a case type thing, and they're one you know kind of one shot, self contained stuff. Yeah. What I've discovered is that uh, if I set up a puzzle for players to solve, either it comes out being stupidly easy, and so it's not even viewed as a puzzle, or it's really really difficult. And Nate's character almost dies one hit point at a time because uh, I thought. I had like a clever riddle in here that surely the party would help him solve <laughs> or help whoever solve to, to do Just it. Just the stick thing? Yeah, yeah, and instead it turned out to be like really, really difficult and it had to modify how it worked to make sure that he didn't die. He's gonna die! Yeah. I'm glad you didn't let me die. Yeah, so it was just like, I'm like, okay, I gotta be really, really careful about building out puzzle dungeon type stuff mm-hmm. or detective stuff because... Just because it seems obvious to you when you have the answer doesn't mean right. it is. But I think you could do a lot better with that than I could. I've always had a tendency to be, like, either too blunt or too subtle. Uh, well, I don't know. I probably would. I 
I might surprise you, Josh. I probably would try and be too subtle, you know, too clever for my own good, and like nobody would get it. But come on, it's like, uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like, come on, guys, it's it's there. You read there was the, the letter E was on the floor underneath this tile. Why didn't you just rip it off and look at it, and then then you'd know exactly where to go. So would this be a straight X Files episode we'd re-roll, or would you be like, okay, we're gonna do X Files, but in the role instead of Mulder, it's gonna be Woody, and instead of Scully, <laughs> it's Bo Peep. I think it would be more. It'd be a straight one. Okay. Like straight X Files, so like people would be. So, well, okay. So then they re-roll the movies, the film re-roll. They're assuming the characters obviously in there. So I think yeah. it would be the same thing with so X Files. It's weird. They most of the time they're pretty careful about like assuming the characters and not the actors playing the characters probably kind of hard like to probably have to remind the the players like you're not you're not being tom cruise you're being his character in this movie they're all like almost everybody on the show has like a thespian background oh so so it's you know they're actors they're actors uh to some level but they all also tend to bring in their own gaming tendencies too which is fun it just brings like fresh light to something they they re-rolled the rock Oh, sweet. Uh, I really need I need to watch that. I should watch that again. I know. I was just thinking that. So they did The Rock, and so the guy who was playing Sean Connery's character in that played it very different than Sean Connery did, <laughs> which was great. Like, it was hilarious and entertaining. And then the guy who played, they also re-rolled Aladdin, and that and that game had my f- has one of my favorite throwaway stat things in there. Because, like I said, GURPS, you can do whatever you want. And you can try to do whatever you want, mm-hmm. depending on your the rules by your GM, of course. But so someone was like, who is Jafar, was talking about his first encounter with Aladdin. He was like, well, he has, like, extremely good looking on his sheet. Does that affect me at all? And he was like, you sure, roll to fall in love with Aladdin. Or <laughs> roll to not fall in love with Aladdin. And so he rolled, and he was like, oh, so I rolled close enough that I think, like, I'm not going to, like, switch teams for him but I'm thinking about it. Wow. And it was like, I just really, I think I'm going to like actually attempt to mentor Aladdin and instead of like try and sabotage him, like I want this kid to be around and stuff. And so it changed the dynamic of the, <laughs> of like the whole thing. It's great. It's worth, it's so worth listening to. Oh man. Yeah. I, there's so much, so much stuff, you know, so many like YouTube, YouTube series and things and comics, yeah. books, TV series. Like I just, I got a huge list. I know. Huge the list, list goes on. Huge list, man. Well, and sometimes they flip the script. The first episode of their show that I listened to was the John Wick one. And they were like talking about it. And they're like, yeah, as I built out the stats for John Wick, I realized that he's too overpowered. Even for a movie. It's kind of ridiculous. It is. part of the mythos. And that kind of makes it fun. But he was like, it wouldn't be a fun game to play. And so instead... Um, all the players were the Russians, and John Wick was the bad guy. <laughs> so it's still like follow the events of the movie. It's just awesome. they were like, how like do flipped. we? Yeah, how do we like defend ourselves? Yeah, because he guy? would like looking at it that way. He he's just like a yeah. He's like the ultimate bad guy. Yeah, like, he was the big bad evil guy in that Baba campaign. Yaga. Yeah, and so it was great. So did they succeed in in the campaign? I'll let you find out. If, don't don't take my mm, word for it. I'll just check it out. Um, so wait, is this is this a YouTube like is a video or is, is a this podcast. a podcast? It's a podcast. Okay. The film reroll on wherever you get podcasts from. Wherever you download your pods. It's always slightly irritates me when people say pods instead of podcasts. 
Yeah, because it's an aside. When they're like, "Where have you get your pods?" Like, Keurig pods? Yeah, my K cup things, my whatever espresso Bean pods. pods? Pea pods? Are we talking gardening? I mean, the pods from Halo ODST where oh, you come down yeah. from the ship onto the ground and drop pods. Yeah. Drop pods. I mean, come on. Oh, podcast. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't throw this this awkward fellow kids slang at me. Just tell them to say podcast. Because no kid, no none of the fellow, none of the kids say pods. <laughs> Nobody says pods. Now that you say pods, they're probably like, you mean like my vape pen pod or my AirPods for my my iPhone, my wireless Bluetooth. I would accept earbuds? calling your ear po- your iPods or whatever they're called just AirPods. Pods. AirPods? AirPods? I don't know. I mean, I think most people just say AirPods. I, right. I would probably it's call so ambiguous. Them iPods. Yeah, yeah, like iPods. Like those. Nobody has those anymore. They still make them. I think. Really? I think they do. I kind of want to get like an iPod One and just put a bunch of music. You on. know, I. There was definitely like a golden age of iPods, like the just the real basic one that had a screen on it and had the little rotary control thing but you could fit like you know i don't know 500 gigs of music on it mm-hmm. people are like i still have mine i have it hooked up in my car and i just i just got my whole freaking library in there and just play mm-hmm. it let's plug them in now because it'll wipe everything when you do it. <gasps> so like in the car what so like shelly did that on the computer where, or on yeah, the car she was like oh let's load up this you know, rip these CDs or whatever, load it into iTunes and put it on the iPod. And we went to do it and we plugged it in. It was like updating your iPod and it wiped everything. See, all the music and stuff that was on there is gone. And Man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I suppose, it, you know, it's getting to a point, especially with Apple, where, I mean, they're really good about, well, I don't want to say really good, but I mean, they still support older devices for quite a while. Um, I guess I... I had like one or two iPods and I didn't really even use them that much so I'm not like familiar with how how far they support them so like the really old ones that you know like I said the golden age iPod I don't know you know yeah maybe like plug it in and just like self-destructs like you have owned this for too long please buy a new iPhone boom no No. because like you had uh I sold you my Zune back in the day. Oh yeah, I had a Zune, and then that thing uh, was actually pretty sweet. That was a video, like you could, yeah, you could play videos. I on liked that. it a lot. And then um, my aunt gave me like a like the Zune Mini, like the smaller version, mm-hmm. and that was still both of them were just fantastic devices. Um, the batteries crapped out on them eventually. Is that is that the downfall of them? Probably. They, you know, Zune wasn't without its issues, but I I definitely think they didn't get enough credit. Yeah, I you know, I'll, so when I got that, my mom and grandma got it for me for Christmas one year. I had said I had mentioned to my mom, you know, during the summer, I was t- trying to explain to her like store like the storage, like talking about like, gigabytes. You yeah, know, like you can have this many and then there's this much, and talking about iPods. So like I really wanted an iPod, and she got me a uh, she got me a Zoom. They got me a Zoom instead, and I was like. I was like really disappointed because I, you know, because I'm an a, you know, because I'm an a hole, you know, whatever. Um, you know, kids. Yeah, basically, well, I was in college. Kids, <laughs> still a kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it did the same thing. It was fine. It was, it was, it was cool. Um, 
and it had a lot of a lot of cool you know had it was video and you, you could watch videos on it, it had a screen and um, the interface was pretty cool um, even like the physical design like the material like it had that kind of almost like translucent like white yeah stuff on it it felt great so there's an advantage to the zoom too after I bought it from you and I started using it and I had a bunch of music that you I think you bought on it like I got to keep that oh really and it linked up into my computer did i not like i did I not wipe it i don't think you wipe you're like yeah there's a bunch of stuff on here and i was like that's cool here whatever. You go. <laughs> and then when i got my first android phone mm-hmm. you could download and the the like the original uh play music google music app that they had mm-hmm. it's not the one they just got rid of but the one before that sure um, you could put an app on your computer to link with it, and whatever music was on your computer, you would have access to on your phone. Yep. And so then you could like then download it onto your phone. So like all of the Zune stuff that was Microsoft worked perfectly with my Google Music for a long time. Sweet. And so anything that was on there, I automatically had access to, and I was like, this is great. Yeah, you know, um, Apple like they had that they were real strict with the DRM on the on the music and other things like initially i remember when i first started using it like i you know i would purchase songs or albums on itunes and like i would have to gosh what i like burn it to a cd from itunes and then rip the cd back on the computer to get it to where um you know where it wasn't affected by the 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 drm on it or something like that but like i feel like that was like a like kind of a temporary thing for like for a couple years and like you know it's not it wasn't around after that like but it was real a real pain in the butt yeah and like i remember there was some you know there's some cds where um not too many but you know when the when the whole you know music piracy thing was a big big thing and you'd try to like you know you'd try to um rip an album and uh, you'd start listening to the tracks and there'd be like, there'd be like these, these like hisses, like, like, you know, this like, yeah. you know, you couldn't listen to it because it was, it was garbage. Um, but you know, that's, that was their way, I guess, to combat piracy, which we don't condone on this show. But <laughs> I mean, listen, number one, piracy is not theft. Okay. I don't care what they tell you. Theft is when you come if I if I steal your car, I take your car away, and you don't have it anymore. If I were to pirate your car, you'd have your car, and I'd have a car just like yours. Not theft. Yeah, that's an interesting thing because it's like, it's a it's a copy, but it's a digital copy. Yeah. It's like you can just clone it, make another one. Who? How much is it hurting that somebody? Yeah, that somebody pirates it. I've done my share of piracy, like in my life, you know, but. The things that I've liked, I've then bought eventually, like right. when I could. Like, yeah, oh. and that's like the whole like the thing with with that is like, yeah, if you really enjoy something, you're more inclined to to pay for it. Like, okay, so you pirate it now, you you listen to it or watch it or or whatever, experience it, and you're like, wow, it's really awesome. Next thing that comes out, I'm gonna buy it. Or you know, maybe then you're like, you know what, I like this so much, I'm gonna go out and buy a copy of this same album that i you know that i pirate this album or this this book or this movie or whatever um I, honestly i view it like getting something from the library you, you you borrow the cd from the library 
and if you like it enough, you then buy I'll it. buy it myself. Right. You know, it's not like the artist gets more money the more times it gets checked out from the library. Right. Yeah. That works a little different now with books and overdrive and the way that's scheduled up is Yeah, how does that work like I never thought about that. Like, is there any type of royalty beyond for like an author? You know, talking about libraries, there any royalty beyond just the library purchasing the copy of the book? Yes, there can be. Okay. It depends. You can buy a license that gives you unlimited access to the book. You can buy a license that gives you like unlimited reads of the book, but only one person Wait. can check it out at a time. So you're talking about electronic, right? Yeah. So I was thinking like physical. Oh, physical like, books. So no, they just buy the book. The library buys the book, so the author gets gets the royalty for that one copy. And that's but it. But then that's it. That's so it. like, it can be borrowed and returned, borrowed and returned. And there's nothing extra with that. Right. So with electronic, then there's maybe there's more. Yeah, there's a that. whole scheme of sure like ways that it gets broke down. Yeah, because like they, can... like we only have five electronic copies of of uh, the Rainmaker. And they're all checked out, get on the wait list. Um, they could totally just go through and be like, you know what, we're just going to satisfy all these wait lists right now and pay like a fee for that. You okay. Can, you can do that. Okay. Um, Wonder they probably do that if like it's really high in demand and like, man, we only have two copies of Game of Thrones. We better get more. Yeah, it just depends on a lot. If it's a new book, they'll get. I've noticed that they'll do like a new book that's coming out that's going to be popular and in demand already. You know, they'll look probably typically look at the wait list, at least in our area and be like, ah, oh, there's 50 people waiting. So let's get 20 copies and then we can reduce that number later. How so do they, they reduce it? Like, what do they do? Do they, they sell it off or no? Cause it's, oh, so for electronic media though, then they just tell overdrive. We don't want this many copies. Now we're going to reduce oh. it to this amount. But well, yeah, okay. I suppose that's like software licensing, yes. same kind of thing, which, you know, I deal with that in my work. So it's like, yeah, we don't, yeah, I guess we don't want, we don't want these subscriptions anymore. So we'll just take two of them off. Like, it's okay. Kind of crazy. The, the way that works. It's just, it's insane yeah. the way it works. Oh, uh, I was going to say like about piracy. We're talking about how, you know, people, if they pirate something, then they're, you know, they're, and they like it, they've been more, they're more inclined to, you know, to purchase new stuff in the future or whatever, purchase the something, whatever it was they pirated initially. Another like a big thing now with everything being like a subscription, being a service, it's like a lot of times people are pirating because it's not convenient to get. So something they are perfectly willing to pay for, but for whatever reason it's not convenient or it's you know it's just too expensive for them to to get whatever service gives them access to this. They're like you know what screw it I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pirate it. Yeah. So it's like I would pay for it. But you know these companies or publishers or whatever are making it are making it too difficult for me to even get access to it, and so it's like it's like they're shooting these companies are like shooting themselves in the foot because they're like they have people that would be willing to pay for it, but for whatever reason, depending you know whatever um, form of media it is, like they the can't get to it. The fear of losing profits has shaped our society in ways that I think are underappreciated. Like the the reason that a movie costs as much as it does, you know, when you go to buy a new movie and it's, you know, whatever, $25, $30, mm-hmm. the standard edition, that's the, f- keep in mind, that's the same price that you paid originally for VHS when it first came out. Like when, when home video started becoming a thing, theaters got a lot of money based on re-releasing movies in the theater or uh, movie companies did. And mm-hmm. so they were like, well, we don't want to lose those profits. So... If a family's buying it, 
then what they're buying is like four theater tickets or whatever. Mm. And so that's why they, they set the price high thinking people aren't going to buy it. And then it's just stayed that way mm. because we've come to expect that, oh, a movie costs $25, $30. And like the same thing with uh, b- uh, publisher book publishers were afraid that their profits were going to go down dramatically when ebooks became a thing. And so they just said, well, whatever the cost of the book is, that's what we'll charge for the ebook too, which kind of nerfs the idea of like saving money on production yeah, and like being more responsible. Passing the savings on to your customer. Yeah. Or not a little bit or contributing to like less paper being used and being more responsible that way. And they discouraged it by if a new book comes out and it's changed a little bit in the last couple of years, but I remember I got, uh, um, D. Snyder's autobiography um, after he was on Celebrity Apprentice. Mm-hmm. And it was like 20 bucks to buy the ebook. Yikes. Like, this book has been out for a while. This should be like five bucks or whatever. And You could probably find a used copy of it somewhere. I know. Five bucks. And you, it's not like you can sell your digital copy to somebody else. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother can of worms. Like, Share it. Like, uh, you know, I know that you're, you really enjoy getting like the, the, DRM free, you know, EPUB when I can, when you can, which makes sense because, you know, all the stuff that I've gotten has been not all, but like most of it, you know, you get it from Amazon, like the Kindle, mm-hmm. whatever, get it, you know, I get it from Kindle and it's on my phone and I can read it, whatever, or, you know, Google or something, but it's like, and I know that there's been horror stories, you know, people have had massive issues with this, thankfully not me, um, you know, where like somehow they lose access to their library, or Amazon just decides to delete their account or something, and and then it's like, you spent money on this, like you've you've got notes and highlights and these you know in here in these you know whatever these various books on the Kindle, and now they're just gone. Yep. It's like, you paid for it, but you didn't own it. It's like you just you don't own it. That's the crazy it. thing. Basically, you're renting it from Amazon, and if Amazon sometime you know 100 years or whatever in the future just blows up and is gone those books are gone like yeah. you don't it's not like the physical copy in your bookshelf and then and the handwritten notes in there i mean it's just gone it'll be interesting to see what happens if people start trying to will their digital library to their family or something because how does that work you'd have to like shift accounts and do a bunch of stuff to right. like, sync that up. So but it's not like when you have a library in your house and grandma gives you like her book collection and yeah, you yeah. get them. Um, it's, I mean, it's the same thing with like, uh, like video game libraries, like um, PC gaming. Steam is the big, is like the big, the big dog at the table with, you know, um, the store and, and the whole, you know, you can the store to purchase the games and, um, you know, you can chat with your friends on it and all that stuff. So it's like, so people have these libraries of like hundreds, of thousands of games. I'm like, like you said, like, what if I want to? I want to give those games to my kid when he gets older and he can yeah. start playing games. You can't, you can't really do that. In like, like you said, unless I, unless I basically give him my email address, and so then he can then take control of the, the Steam account. Yeah, which but is you, something they're cracking down on now too. So oh. Well, well, I don't know if Steam is, but like, there's been a lot of okay. like password and, and sharing, so not let that happen. Sure, yeah, because so it, I mean, I I get they want to make money, but it just seems really greedy, you know? Because it's like, why shouldn't I be able to will this to my child or to my family member? I spent 
thousands of dollars on these games, you know, throughout the years. I want them to be able to experience it. And they're like, no, 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 no. They need to make their own account and purchase all those games again. Yeah. Because we need our money. It's just, I guess. They don't need it. They want it. Bastards. We're just like... Rah! A little bit, yeah. It's very frustrating. And that's that's kind of what's deterred me a little bit. I have a friend who got rid of all of his books. All of them. Oh, really? He owns no paper books, and he only reads digitally. And he was like, I realize... His, his logic was... Uh, he's like, I realize that, you know, like a lithium battery making it's not great for the environment i do get that he's like but in my opinion it's like a push in the right direction of not killing the things that give us oxygen Mm, okay so that's what he did and like that's a and he's also kind of got a minimalist lifestyle going on so that's very convenient for him so it's kind of like a um he weighed the pros and cons and yeah you know that's important to him the you know the trees are important to him as they should be to everybody yeah um and he decided that having a battery in a device, you know, so it is less damaging than buying, continuing to buy physical copies of books. Or maybe it was just, yeah, it was a, a, like a plethora of decisions. I mean, not that, not that simple, you know. But he was just like, yeah, I just, if I can't get the book from the library, I kind of don't get it now unless I really, really, really want to buy it because I don't own it. It's not mm-hmm. like it's mine. It's a digital right. library, which I he's like, which I prefer, but there's no incentive for it, like monetarily. There's no incentive to to go ebook only. Um, right. So yeah, I I do I do some ebooks, you know, I go for it, but I still think about it when I'm hitting that purchase button, where I'm like, ah, it's sure. not like it's mine. Well, and there's the whole like opinions vary on how likely you know this is, but. You know what happens if something has some cataclysmic apocalyptic thing happens and the internet's gone and you can't charge your devices anymore and it's like what are you left with it's like if you don't have physical copies of stuff you got nothing it's like if the internet's gone if the server that that is on is gone then it's just just gone thinking about it from like kind of on those lines too of uh like censorship you don't own those digital books which means that as soon as you connect to Wi-Fi or whatever and you're, you know, you have your book on Amazon and somebody's decided that that book should be censored and you shouldn't have it, they can just take it from you. And there's not really any recourse from you. They don't owe you a refund or anything like that. It's in the terms and conditions of mm-hmm. this is basically a loan. Yep. Now, sometimes, like, the altruistic part of my brain says, hey, this could be a great opportunity, though, for schools if they buy a textbook, they always have the most updated version of that textbook. So if there's corrections that need to be made, that can actually work in their favor of like, hey, we've redone mm. this information, it's updated, there you go. Well, that's a whole nother can of worms uh, yeah. with uh, electronic access to textbooks. You know, I you know, I was on the tail end of that with school. Obviously it's a much bigger thing now with the pandemic, but um, I, I've heard that's a, that's a real mess too. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not a mess that's favoring the consumer or the student. It feels like nothing is. It, it's favoring the publisher, the textbook publisher. <sighs> On that happy note. What a downer. <laughs> Jeez. Well, we, shoot, so we talked. maybe Buzz and Woody need to be like moguls who are like publishing moguls. 
that could be a campaign. Wolf of Wall Street. (laughs) 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 Would would he be Leonardo DiCaprio? I mean, he's the leading guy. He'd be that, or would we do Buzz? You know, (laughs) you could probably do either one. Actually, if you're going to do a campaign, I would do both. We could experiment a little bit. Who would be Jonah Hill? Sleeky dog. Sleeky dog. Yes. <laughs> Ow, Woody. Ow, Woody. <laughs> Show me how to sell. Show me how to sell. I want to know what you do, Woody. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Oh, uh... man. <laughs> I really want to do this now. Uh, yeah. I think this might be your This might be your baby, Nate. I'll send you some books. All right. I got X-Files. Yeah. I think that would be fun. I think that would be a blast. I think X-Files would be great. Because you could potentially make it real short to, you know, ish. Because it's a, you know, it's a show. 20-minute show, whatever. Uh, 30. It's an hour, 45 minutes. Were they an hour? It was an hour-long show, so the, the actual runtime was like 45 minutes. Commercials and all In that. In those days, 45 to 50 minutes. True. Now it'd be like 38. Um, you can make it something really silly, like Mulder needs to reset his password for his computer. <laughs> I don't know. His old Windows 3.1. Yeah. Hand me that floppy disk. <laughs> oh, there's cell phones. Jeez. Giant Nokia things. What's really funny though is like there's an episode. So the show takes starts in 1993, right? Right. And there's a show that like flashes back. Well, I mean they have a few flashback ones, but this flashes back to like still during like Mulder's career, but like a few years before that, in, like 1989. So. I mean, the cell phones were large when, you know, in the show in the present day. But then this flashback one in the 80s, 89, he's got this huge brick phone with, like, the fixed antenna, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was was funny. should dig up one of those and put service on it. Go into Verizon with that baby. Would they even... You know, give you service on it? Could you still, like, dial 911 on one of those? I have no idea. Because I always heard that, like... Even if the cell phone doesn't have service, you could still dial 911. Right. I've heard that too. Interesting. We covered a lot of ground uh, ground tonight. We started talking, in this episode, we started talking about, uh, we were talking about RPGs. We spent a lot of time on that, and then we went somewhere else. But that's what, that's what we do that's here. That's cool. That's the beauty of the open eclectic. See if uh, Nate can actually make some progress on putting that X-Files campaign together, I think. <laughs> I get yeah. I guess I can start working on that. I think it needs to happen. So if you want to check us out uh, online, uh, you know we're on Facebook, the Open Eclectic, Instagram, the Open Eclectic, Twitter, the Open Eclectic. We also uh, have a Ko-fi, ko-fi.com page. If you feel so inclined to donate some, donate some scratch to, to help us keep this going. Um, it is also the Open Eclectic, ko-fi.com/slash/the-open-eclectic. You can find Josh and I on Instagram, personally. Josh is the the gray cleric. Correct. That's T-H-E-G-R-E-Y. I, that's how I spell gray. I don't do the A-Y. And then cleric is K-L-E-R-I-K. I don't do C's, apparently, either. I am underscore R-X underscore N-8 on Instagram. Everyone take care, and we'll uh, catch you on the flip. Bye. Later. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening. You can find The Open Eclectic on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and MySpace. Want us to ramble on about something specific or have a comment on what you just heard? Send us an email at theopeneclectic at gmail.com. We now have a Ko-Fi if you feel like supporting the show. That's ko-fi.com slash theopeneclectic. Or support the show by leaving us a review. Thanks. We hope you'll join us again next time on The Open Eclectic.